Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Well, let's jump into our, uh, our message today. What we're doing is continuing this series called Small Things, Big Difference. So today, I really want to take, take some time to focus on the words that we speak. I believe that if you apply what I talk about today, that years from now, you'll be able to look back and see that it was these small changes that you made uh, in your life that made a huge difference. It won't be big things that you did. It'll be very small things that you did over time that would make a big difference. In fact, that's our overarching theme. If it's your first time here with us today through this series, this is the theme we're going to say every Sunday. And if you have a pen, you can also use the connection card on the back to take some notes. But this is the theme. It says, it's the small things that no one sees that results in the big things that everyone wants. It's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Now last week we talked about the importance of our thoughts and how important it is to consider how you are thinking. Why? Well because thoughts become your words. Words become your actions and what you do turns into habits and your habits ultimately define your destiny. So the way that you think is really, really important. It's a small thing that makes a big difference. And it's true also that, that something as small as a word can have a massive impact on your life. When you look in the Bible, when you look at John 1.1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, in this case, word equals Jesus, right? That is what it's talking about. Words are powerful things. The word was the physical representation of God. It also says in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created, and he talks about how God created and how, God, how did God create this world. He said, light be, he used words. Words are really, really powerful. In fact, Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. You have the power right here in your tongue of life and death. That's a major responsibility. So not only are your thoughts important, but your words are as equally important. Why? Because words we speak can either be life-giving or they can be life-taking words. And if you want to change the life that you have, you have to change the words that you speak. Somebody should be shouting and saying amen, and that's okay. I'll just... I'm just encouraged this morning. I'm telling you what. I I don't know if you all saw this week, but if you follow me on Facebook, I had something called Death Wish Coffee, which is 200% more caffeine than any other cup of coffee. And I've done had about three cups of it already. So I'm like, good Lord, we're going to preach today. I'm in the mood. (laughs) So I'll just be up here having a good time, and you all can sit there in your groggy state of mind. So you just have to excuse me today, okay? I got some kind of Pentecostal thing going on. I don't even know what's happening up here. Well, small changes in the words we speak equal a big difference in the life that we lead, all right? James, the brother of Jesus, which by the way, this this guy has a book in in the Bible, and it's called James, but the brother of Jesus, he's like the greatest testimony that Jesus was who he says he was, right? 
Because if you think about this, if you could convince your sibling that you are the Messiah, the Christ, then you've done it right because they know you inside and out. You know what I'm saying? The greatest testimony <laughs> of who you are in your character is your siblings. And so, anyway, James, James said this uh, in the book of James. He made a comparison with small things that make a big difference to the power of the tongue. Check it out what he said. James 3.3, 3, he said, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. That's a big thing. It's controlled by a small thing. He goes on and says, and a small rudder makes a huge tip, a ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So a rudder, it's the thing at the tail of the boat, right? They turn the wheel and it, it moves the rudder right and left. It's a very small thing, controls the whole ship. He says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. There is so much power in our tongue. It's life and death is contained there. And you can speak life-giving words or you can speak life-taking words. Like, for example, anybody that I sit down with that says, look, my marriage is going through some difficult times, I can guarantee you that if there is stress in your marriage, that somewhere along the way, all the things that you did that led to this point, there is some life-taking words that you have spoken towards each other. More often than not, that's what happens. It's so important that you learn to speak life-giving words to each other. When I do premarital uh, conversations with people and I sit down, there are three topics that I cover, and one of them is communication. Not just how you speak to each other, but the words you say to each other. Like, look, don't swear at each other. Don't bring up history. Don't call each other names. Don't do this kind of stuff because those things are life-taking. Your words are powerful. You need to guard what you say, especially, especially when you're angry. Guard your words. And then on the flip side of that, if you've got a good marriage, it is likely that the people that you admire that have a good marriage, that more often than not, they speak life-giving words to each other. And you know what this is like. You know people that you just don't want to be around, right? You could probably picture them in your mind right now. As soon as I said, there's people you don't want to be around. The reason you probably don't want to be around them is because they speak a lot of life-taking words. I'm this way. I get discouraged. Somebody bring me down, make me feel about this small, and I don't want to be around you anymore. Even if I love you, I don't have to like you, right? I can still serve you and not like you. Come on, somebody. There's no other real people out there today. I'm just being honest. If you talk, talk trash to me and make me feel small, I'm not going to want to be around you. But on the flip side, man, you ever met somebody that just makes you feel really good? It's because they're encouraging. Like Miss Sylvia over here, my buddy Al back here, they're so encouraging when they talk to you. They just make you feel incredible. Now, Al Ribia too, but, but, but he gives more life-giving words than he does life-taking words. Somebody you want to be around. It's a powerful thing. Solomon, the wisest man ever in the Bible, he, he contrasted this life-giving and life-taking and the power that it has in two places in Proverbs. And he says this in chapter 12, verse 18. He said, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, every single one of us has, has been pierced by life-taking words. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? You just had, man, somebody said something that just cut you to the quick. Why did that hurt so bad? Somebody spoke some life-taking words to you, but we also know the healing, right? We know the healing power of life-giving words. Do you know that they say, for every life-taking word that you speak, it takes seven life-giving words to make up for that. Let that settle in. 
And then think through maybe just the last couple days of conversation you've had with your spouse or with your children or with your friends or with your coworkers. And consider whether you're speaking life-giving or life-taking words. It is so important. Solomon also says uh, in, in uh, Proverbs 15, 4, he said, the soothing tongue is a tree of life. In other words, when you are giving, speaking life-giving words to somebody, that's producing something in them, right? A tree produces fruit. It produces something people want to eat and partake of. You can produce life in somebody that gives life to someone else. Come on, somebody, are you listening to me? Your life-giving words are not just for you and for the person you're giving them to, but can be for someone else. And he continues and says, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It crushes. Life-taking words build up these invisible walls that keep us trapped. They keep us bound. If you've ever had your spirit crushed before, you know what I mean. Sometimes it's just simple, simple comments people say. They don't mean to crush you, but they do. Like, did you mean to do that to your hair? <laughs> or why aren't you married yet? Seems like such a simple question. But it can be, it can be crushed, crushing. Or don't do this one. I'm guilty of this one. Are you sure you're not having twins? Dove. <laughs> I have twins. That's why I asked the question. But if you don't know that, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you, you don't ever ask that question. It's crushing. Or you ask, well, how, how come you haven't found someone yet? Or, 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 or even worse, not asking questions. Maybe you just make statements. Like, I, I hate you. I never loved you. You're pathetic. You'll never amount to anything. You're, you're disappointing. These, these are soul crushing. And they build up invisible walls in our lives. We, be, we begin to be bound by them because we believe them. And we hear them. They take life from us. On the other side, flip, uh, the flip side of that, life-giving words, when people say, well, I believe in you. I'm proud of you. I couldn't love you more. You're amazing. Or for a husband to say to his wife, you know, I wish I could marry you all over again. Those are life-giving words. My kids, I, I love talking to my kids and, and giving, them, giving them compliments, telling them that I'm proud of them. My, one of the things that I've said to all of them for years is to, and individually, and to Tyler, I say, Tyler James, you're my favorite Tyler James in the whole world. You're my favorite Kasaya Elise in the whole world. You're my favorite Trent David in the whole world. You're, you're so handsome. You're so beautiful. You're so smart. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. And they'll look at me. I've had them look at me and say, Dad, you've told us that before. I'm like, you want me to stop? No, no. We just wanted to let you know. We've heard this. My wife and I, we'll, we'll text message each other. And we, we share life-giving words to each other. Compliment each other. Thank each other. She's got a little board at my house it says, I love you because it's a little picture frame and she can write me notes and I can write her notes so that when we're not around these life-giving words we can share with each other. And sometimes they're funny and oftentimes they're very sweet and they, they just build you up inside. They feel great. We, we'll also do something like, you know, hot text to each other. That's none of your business. I ain't gonna tell you what any of them say. Though, but <laughs> but we send each other little, little text messages throughout the day. Well, my, one of the favorite, my favorite things to say to her, now, Shanda, if you've ever walked behind Shanda, Shanda's kind of got a little swagger when she walks, you know? And so I, I'll just holler out. I'll just embarrass her. She'd be about from me to Mike right here. And I'll be like, hey, girl, you got a porch to go with that swing? <laughs> like, come on. That's my bride. That's my baby. She's right over there. She's pretty, isn't she? Mm-hmm. 
What time does service get over? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so let me ask you. <laughs> so, let me, so let me ask you. Her face is probably really red, and she's not even underneath the red lights. Just sitting down there. Can't even breathe right now. <laughs> All right, look. Let's, go, let's, go, let's shift it to back to you for a second. Let me... Let me. Let me take a poll here. For, for you on a scale of one to 10, when you consider how you talk to other people on a regular basis, would you say that you use more life-taking words or more life-giving words? These are the people in your life, like your family, your spouse, friends, coworkers. Think, think about how you talk to them. And on a scale of one to 10, again, 10 being I, I, I use only life-giving words and one, I use a lot of life-taking words towards others. Don't tell me, but... Where would you be at? Be honest with yourself. Get yourself a number. Now, if you know where you're at on that scale, let me ask you this. How are you at talking to yourself? Do you tell yourself, do you talk, do you talk to yourself in, in life-taking words or life-giving words? You say, oh, I'm never gonna amount to anything, I'm a failure, I can never get a break. Like, where are you at? Are you a more of a life-taker on the one, or are you more on the, the 10 where you speak life-giving words to yourself. How many of you would say, I probably give more life-giving words to other people than I do myself? How many would you, would, I'm in that boat. Yeah, that, that's a good amount of you. We, we have a tendency to, to speak easily life-giving words to other people, but not to ourselves. And if you didn't score a 10, on either one of these, just know that I'm in that boat with you. And that's good news, because when we evaluate ourselves, people don't like to look at evaluations because they feel like, oh, if I, if I see that I'm not doing well, that's a bad thing. Actually, it's just your opportunity to see how you can grow, so we gotta stop looking at it bad. This is your opportunity. We can all grow, and this, this message, of course, is for you. And why would we work on improving this? Well, because there's power in our words. If you want to change the life you have, you need to change the words that you speak. The small changes in the words that you speak can make a big difference in the life that you lead because words have power of life and death in them. So when it comes to speaking uh, to other people and even to yourself, there are two rules about the words that you speak, and these are my two points for the day. You ready for them? First rule is if you can't say something helpful, skip it. If you can't say something helpful, skip it. Your mama was right when she said, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all. How many of y'all, your mama said nothing? Like nothing at all, right? Don't say nothing at all. Just, just hold your tongue. In fact, in, in Ephesians 4.29, it says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs according to their needs. In other words, the life-giving things that you say to them need to be according to their needs. Where are they hurting? Where are they struggling? Their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, isn't that convicting? We can, we can blow by a verse like this because you think, oh, well, this means that I don't swear, so I don't swear. But that's not, that, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about the life-giving or life-taking words that you speak to somebody. Don't let that stuff come out of your mouth if it's going to take life. Just skip it. Don't say it. 
In other words, in the King James version of this, it says, shut thy trap. <laughs> or mouth, it says mouth, but either way. Some of you are sitting out there elbowing your spouse or the person sitting next to you. And let me tell you something, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. It's for all of us. This is convicting because I know on a regular basis that I am guilty of speaking life-taking words. Not just to others, but to myself. So if you can't say something helpful, skip it. The second rule is if you think something good, then say it. If you are thinking something good about somebody, you need to let it out of your mouth. You need to go ahead and say it to them, whether it's to your spouse, to a team member, to your boss, your children, a teacher, uh, somebody that, that, is, that, that you do business with, or, or maybe your server uh, at a restaurant, a friend, whoever it is, you, if you think that good thought, you need to give life to it and speak it. You need to say it. You, why, would you, why would you hold back a blessing from someone? Why would you hold back the opportunity? If you understand the power of life and death is in your tongue, why would you hold back life from somebody? Even Jesus, Jesus who's going to get baptized, he's getting ready to get dunked, which a bunch of you are getting ready to do next Sunday. If you haven't been baptized yet, you can join them. Fill out your connection card, mark on the back, I want to get baptized, we'll get you information. Jesus who's going to get baptized. He gets down in the water and the sky splits and the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and a voice is heard by everyone. And do you know what that voice said? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Even Jesus had the opportunity to receive life-giving words from his father in front of everybody. Why, if we're Christ followers, why wouldn't we do the same? Let's go ahead and, and take the example of what God did. Let, let's go ahead and be a blessing to him, not only privately, but let's do it publicly. Let's honor people where it's due. So give life to that thought. Say it out loud. Proverbs 16, 24 says, gracious words are a honeycomb. Sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now let me tell you something. When you say something good to someone, when you use your life-giving words to someone, understand what this is saying. Your body is made up of skin and flesh and muscles, but what holds all this stuff together is the very core, and it is your bones. If you want to give life to somebody at the very core of who they are, then speak those life-giving words to them. This is, it gives healing to the bones. Right down to the very core is how deep your words penetrate someone's heart. We have to be intentional. We have to give those words and not hold them back. And notice that it doesn't say your, your thoughts. It doesn't say your, that your gracious thoughts are a honeycomb. It says gracious words. So things that have to be spoken. I remember uh, this was last year when I was working out at, uh, at Crunch Fitness, which was Aussie Fit down here. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was on the treadmill, and uh, I wasn't running. I was more kind of walking, jogging kind of thing. It's like a wog. I don't know, walk, jog. And, uh, and there, there was a dude who was in there, and he was, he was a big guy. He, I mean, he was really, really big. He probably close to 400, 450 pounds. Big man. And he was in there working out, giving it his all with a trainer. And I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you need to go over and let that guy know that he's, he's doing a good job. 
and that he should keep at it. And I was like, no, I'm at the gym, I'm sweaty, I mean, no. Like, you all know what I'm talking about. You don't want to talk to anybody at the gym, right? You want to get in, do your business, and get out, right? As quick as possible. And so I said, well, if he comes over this way, I'll shout out something to him. Well, he never did come over that way. And the whole time I'm on the treadmill, I can't focus on anything other than the fact that this guy is here, and I'm supposed to tell him that he's doing a great job and he should keep up the good work. So I made a deal with God. I was like, fine, if he's still here when I'm done on the treadmill, I'll, I'll find him. And since I made that deal with God, now I'm dog on a tennis ball with this guy. I'm watching him wherever he's going, you know, because if he leaves, well, then I don't have to do this, you know. And when I finished, he was still there. I walked up to the guy and I, I said, look, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just want to let you know, you're doing a great job, man. Keep up the good work. Now, I have no idea who that man was. I don't know what he looks like today or what the quality of his life is like today. But I felt the need inside to sow some life-giving words into somebody. And if God's leading you to do that or if you see somebody that needs encouragement that way, he probably did need that kind of encouragement. I have no idea where he's at or what's going on in his world. But that day, I had an opportunity. So I gave, I gave life-giving words where they were potentially needed in the right way that he might have needed them. I, my wife uh, sent me a text message the other day. We work really hard at our marriage. If you look at, at my wife and I's marriage and you say, that, that's a marriage that I want, understand it comes with a lot of work. It comes with, with, it comes with selfishness, selflessness, excuse me, not selfishness. It comes with a lot of humble apologies, just humility, period. Things I'm not really good at. But we work hard at it. And Shannon and I, over the last... I don't know, a year and a half or so, we, we've, we, we decided to step in and, and learn about the, the power of counseling in our lives. And so she sees one, I see one, our kids see one. We, we just think it's a great tool to equip you to handle life. And she, she, I don't know what her conversation was with her counselor, but she came out of her session, and this is what she texted me. And this was speaking about she and I's relationship Regarding, regarding any difficulties that we would have with each other. And she said, I'm proud of us. It means a lot to me that you can talk to me about your struggles, that we can be there for each other, be open and honest, because not too many marriages have this. Love you. And I'm telling you, when I read those words, I, well, I said, wow, I just felt empowered. I felt empowered to be a better husband. I felt empowered to continue doing the things that are sometimes difficult to do. Why? Because she spoke life to me. She shared life to me. So if you think something good about someone, you need to tell them. You need to make it a rule that you don't hold back. So every time you think it, say it. Not just to others, but you also need to be intentional about saying it to yourself. Don't just encourage other people with your words. Make sure you encourage yourself. Some of you are like, wait, are you talking about self-talk? Like talking to myself? Yes, you're not crazy if you talk to yourself, okay? Now, you're crazy if you hear something back. Maybe you want to get that checked out, especially if it's a voice you don't recognize. I'm just saying, okay? But you're not crazy if you talk to yourself. It's okay to speak out loud and encourage yourself. I, I, I do this all the time. There are times that I'm feeling down. 
that, that I need to encourage myself. And, and trust me, when I tell you to do this, you're, you're in good company. When you look biblically at the people who were, who were down and out, who were really struggling personally, who felt that invisible wall that they couldn't pass, that barrier they couldn't break through, you'll find some people. You'll find King David. This is a man who was after God's own heart. That's kind of an important guy to look at. And he said over and over again in the Psalms, he talked about being down. Oh, they're chasing me. My enemies are after me again. There's one point in time he thought his people wanted to stone him and kill him. And he's like, Lord, why won't you stop my enemies? Oh, woe is me. Everything's going bad. Like, he's the king. It doesn't get much better than that. You know what I'm saying? And you'd see this all through the Psalms, and then there's these moments. And most of the time, they're punctuated by a word, selah. We're not really sure what it means. But it does indicate to us, pause and think about it, because here's what happens. Almost all the time after you see that word selah in the verses, David changes his tune. David shifts from focusing on his difficulties to start focusing on who God is, and he begins to encourage himself with who God is. He says, it says this in 1 Samuel 36, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. He'd encourage himself. He'd remind himself about who God was and who God is today. He'd remind himself about how faithful God was in the past, even if it wasn't to him. You were faithful to the children of Israel and brought them out of Egypt and out of slavery and took them across the Red Sea and defeated their enemies. You brought them safely through the wilderness. You brought them into this land that's flowing with milk and honey. If you're going to be a blessing to them, I know you'll be a blessing to me. He encouraged himself, and I do the same thing. When I'm feeling faithless, I just encourage myself with who God's been. Because to me, see, God's been faithful. He's loved me through the bad times. He's loved me through the good times. And I know that when I'm in the middle of crap, that it is, it can, I can say out loud, it is well with my soul. Because on the other side of that, God is going to be with me. And he has a plan for me through it all. And he plans to bless me through the junk that I'm dealing with right now. When my dog died a few years, it's funny that we were singing this song today. When he died a few years ago, though my heart was broken and I was crying every day, multiple times a day, I said out loud, it is well with my soul because God is with me. I encouraged myself and I say it out loud. I hope you hear me saying that clearly. The words that you speak can change the life that you have. Yes, everything's still hurt. Yes, my dog had still passed away. That means you're gonna be in the middle of your mess. It doesn't mean speaking these things is necessarily gonna take you out right then and there, but you can be encouraged through it and then you can shout on the other side of it. Some of you are here today and you're in the middle of your situation that's painful for you right now and you just need to begin saying, it is well. It is well. It doesn't matter that you're in the middle of a mess. It can be well because it is. All things work to the, good, to the good of those who serve him. That's scriptural. You can encourage yourself with that. I don't know, sometimes, some, and this is just me. I don't know if you guys do this, but uh, <coughs> so it's just me. I, if I'm feeling really down, I'll find one of the most encouraging messages I've ever preached, and I'll throw on a podcast and just listen to myself. I'll shout down the house, just me and me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't care. I've done it. I enjoy, I might listen to this message here in a couple weeks. Just encourage myself. We need to encourage ourselves. We need to be intentional about giving life to our thoughts by saying them. If you think something good, then you need to say it. If you want to see it in your life, you need to say it. I know that sounds like a John Mayer song, 
but it's, but it's not. If you want to see something good in your life, you need to begin saying it. Now, I'm not talking about the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, faith community that says you can have a Mercedes just because you follow in Jesus and a Mercedes with butt warmers because that's what everybody wants. Amen? I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is as you begin to speak about a different life, as you begin saying these things over yourselves, you can break through those barriers that have had you hemmed in all around. And you can begin to have a different life. When a different life changes the words that you speak. In fact, Jesus even said, say to the mountain, be removed, and it'll move. He's talking about speaking. Speak, there's power in your words. If you want to know whether your words are life-giving or life-taking, there's a simple test that you can do. And here's, here it is. You ready for it? If after everything you say, you can add this phrase, and that's the way I want it. If you can add that phrase to it, and, it really, and, and you mean it, that's, that's the way you want it, then it's likely you are speaking life-giving words. Think about this. Uh, I'm sick and tired of my marriage. I wish I wasn't married to you, and that's the way I want it. Was that the way you want it? I never catch any breaks, nothing ever goes my way, and that's the way I want it. Is it? Is that, is that the way you want it? Or maybe it, it should be, you know what, I'll surrender my, my life to my wife, and we'll, I'll love her through this, and we'll come out the other side a better couple because that's the way I want it. Is that the way you want it? Or it's, it's, I know we're in debt now, but we're gonna get out. We're gonna become generous in our giving and become tithers. We're gonna honor God with our finances and our lives. We're going to become good in this way because that's the way I want it. Is that what you want? What is it you want? So you need to begin speaking in a way that, that, that you can end your sentences like that. And that's the way I want it because that is. Why? Because this matters. If you add this phrase to everything you say, you will see your words change. Look, thoughts matter because they become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits, and your habits shape your destiny. They, they shape your destiny. It's small things that have big differences. And so the past couple weeks, I've challenged you. Last, or the first Sunday in this series, I said, give me a word. Give me a word that will direct your entire year, a one-word focus. My one word was health, and it's been awesome to talk to so many people as they've shared the one words. Some of them, it's been surrender. Others have been, been, they've joined on with mine and said, yeah, health is mine too. Other, it's, others, it's been discipline. It's been organization. One young lady I was so impressed by, she said, my word is missionary. And I said, tell me about that. What are you gonna do? She said, well, I'm gonna meet a missionary. She had a plan. Like I talked to her about a week later. She, she already had a plan laid out about how this was gonna affect her year. I'm meeting with a missionary. I'm going on the mission trip in July. I'm gonna learn about this because I feel like my word to guide me for this year is missionary. Well done. I said, give me one word as a focus. And then last week, Scott was here, Scott Harvey, and he challenged us to have one thought. And as I was sitting there, I knew my one thought because for me, my health, my health challenges specifically when it comes to my weight, is that I've got this invisible bubble around me that says that I can't. And to me, my can't is, in my mind, is related to like bonds, like a slave. That I'm a slave to what I want to eat and my appetites, and that's how I think about myself. And so I, I said my one sentence needs to be for this year, my, my one thought for this year needs to be, I can be free. And I started thinking that to myself, I can be free. And God stopped me and he said, when are you going to shift that from I can be free to I am free? I said, yes, Lord, yes, I'll change that. That's my thought. 
I am free. He said, because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So I said, all right, my thought for this year is I'm free. I intend to break free of the mindsets that I've been in that have kept me bound in the area of my health. And so this week, I'm going to give you another challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge because I said our thoughts shape our words, so let's shape a statement. What is your one statement? And if your question is like, well, can it be related to my word? Absolutely. Can it be related to my thought? I would encourage it. What is your one statement? Mine for health is, because I am free, I will act accordingly. I like it to rhyme. Because I am free, I will act accordingly. For me, my, my, and I've been saying that over myself, because I'm free, I can act, I will act accordingly. I'll act like a free man when it comes to my choices, to my food choices, when it comes to what I do. I'm free. I can decide. Because I needed to break free. So what is your one statement for the year? Is it, God is blessing my marriage with Christ's help, it's getting better and better? Is your one statement, my children are growing in faith, God's hand of favor is on them? Is it my body as a dwelling place for God, I'm getting in better shape? Is it with God's power, I will overcome? And that's the way I like it, or that's the way I want it? What is, what is your one sentence for the year? If you want to change the life you live, you need to change the words that you speak. Because small changes in the words you speak will equal big changes in the life that you have. If you, remember, if you can't say something helpful, you need to skip it. Shut thy trap. <laughs> if you think something good, you need to say it, whether it's about yourself or about others. Let it come out. And if you want to see it in your life, you need to say it because words have the power of life and death. And if you want to change the life you live, change the words that you speak. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that it has and how simple it is to make huge changes in our lives through just small shifts. Lord, I pray that this would sink down into our hearts and become a part of who we are today. Let it challenge us, let it change us, let it transform us today. I wonder as we continue to pray, if if you're here and you're a Christ follower and you would say, well, I I need God's help to change the words that I speak because I tend to speak life-taking words, not life-giving words to others. Or maybe you would say, Aaron, I speak good to others, but I don't speak good to myself. I've created invisible bonds on my life because of the words that I've said to myself or because of the words that other people have said about me that I've just reinforced. I wonder if you'd be honest and say, Aaron, pray for me. I need God's help to change in this area. That's you. Would you just, nobody's looking around. Would you, would you just say, that's me? Aaron, would you shoot your hand up? That's me. Yeah. Yeah. Father, I pray that you would help us be people that speak life. Lord, that you would transform our, our minds so that the thoughts that we have are different. Our thoughts that we have about ourselves and about others are the thoughts that you have about us. Lord, and I pray that as our thoughts change, that our words would change. 
that in as our words change, we would see life spring up around us. And we would see that as we give life to others, they give life to others as well. The Lord, you intended this to be a process that continued and healed. Lord, I pray for those of us that are trapped by boundaries. I know I'm one of them. Invisible boundaries that I put on my life or that others have put on me. I pray, God, that today would be a day of breakthrough. Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and we have freedom from these things because of what Jesus did for us. So, Lord, I pray that we walk in that freedom and that we can be and would acknowledge we are free. Give us one statement, God, that we can use to speak over ourselves to change the very lives that we have. As we continue to pray, there are those of you here today that you're, you're, not, even, you're, you're not even in a place where you know how to talk to God or maybe you never have or never had a relationship with him and, and, you, need to, and you need to take that step of faith. You know, the Bible says that with your heart you believe, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. In other words, right now, you, your heart may be stirring, and that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life right now. He's drawing you. God loves you and wants you in a relationship with him. He wants you to know him intimately. And he wants you to know how much of a blessing he has for you in this relationship. But it begins with words. That faith in your heart, words come to your mouth and you confess Jesus as Lord. That means that he's in charge. That means he's the guy that you're going to learn to be like. You commit to following him even when you don't like it. The Bible says that when you confess, that confession is made for salvation. That in that moment you are saved. Saved from what? Eternal separation from God. Hey, you don't, you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to spend this life in separation from me, nor do you have to spend eternity in hell in separation from me. He sent Jesus to make a way for you to be saved. And Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect and sinless life. He died upon that cross and rose on the third day. And he did all that so that we could be forgiven, so that we could enter a relationship with God. And today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to enter a relationship with God. Clean, transformed, brand new, fresh start today. And I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. And if you want to be counted in on that prayer, would you just let me know that you're here? Would you just shoot your hand up and say, Aaron, that's me. I'm going to pray with you today. I'm going to take that step of faith. I'm going to, I'm going to follow Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's amazing. I'm going to pray the prayer, and if you'll just pray with me, know that you can pray out loud or you can pray it in your heart, but, but you need to mean it. In fact, since we're talking about speaking things out loud, why don't we all do this together so that nobody's praying alone? Why don't we all pray out loud today? Pray these words. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you came to this earth, lived a sinless life. You died upon that cross 
and rose from the dead three days later. That you did all of this to forgive me and to give me new life. Jesus, today I give you my life. Would you give me yours? Show me how to follow you and I'll spend every day doing that. Amen.